0: Today's episode is brought to you by Battle Warrior Brands. Battle Warrior Brands offers clothing for the warrior in all of us. Go to thechadmsmith.com to learn more. On to the show.
1: 15 or 20 episodes in, and I finally said, okay, this is no BS. I have to focus on this podcast.
0: I'm David Kelso, and you're listening to APC Presents, where I showcase independent podcasters from Northeast Wisconsin. Today, I've got Chad Smith on mic. Chad is a local entrepreneur dedicated to sharing his story to help people achieve a warrior life. He's the host of the podcast formerly called "Seas Get Degrees. Since we recorded this episode like six months ago, he went through a rebranding and is now the Battle Warrior podcast. Chad is absolutely honest about his story that brought him to where he is today. Over 600 days sober, Chad believes everyone is capable of turning their life around. Buckle up for this one, folks. I'm pleased to present Chad Smith. All right, well, for the record, can you uh, introduce
1: yourself, say your name, and where you're from? All right, guys, I'm the Chad M. Smith. I'm actually from... Menasha, which is a suburb of Appleton. But I currently live in Green Bay for two more months. So we are recording in May. Come August, I will be in this beautiful town that we're currently in right now recording called O-town, or as the locals would say Oshkosh. Ah, uh, Oshkosh Bagash.
0: Yes. The usuals. Uh yeah, we've been actually recorded a few episodes from this very studio. We are in the venture project, which are you are now becoming a part of even more so than you have before because you're moving down here, you're growing your your personal business, but let's start to talk about what, what you do now.
1: What I do now, uh, besides my full-time job, so that's just normal everyday stuff, so what I do now is I actually own and operate CH Brands, LTD. Yeah. I put the LTD on there because there's a million ways of saying CH Brands, so <laughs> LTD means nothing, guys. It's just a logo <laughs> that I had to add on the business. But it means choose happiness, which means uh through the journey of my depression, through the journey of my addictions. I want something that people can look at as more inspiration, clarity. Mm-hmm. Um say, okay, hey, this kid pretty much went through hell and back, the best way of saying yeah. it. Not say I, I don't want to be like him, but I want to use partially him for inspiration. So that's why I came with the CH plus. There's a little bit of family history of here. Uh, the true CH for me means I'm the only son, connect the dots here in yeah. the family. Uh, my mom's the only daughter of four brothers and sisters. So, like, I'm the only boy in the family that didn't carry our Harmon last name. Oh. So, to me, it's more of like a, a connection to my grandfather. So, like, if my grandfather didn't pass and I didn't watch yeah. him going through the process of depressions and drinking, I wouldn't be clean right now. So, as yeah. is negative as... Is kind of like a sadness of the story it's more of an inspiration for me because i know i'm the last true non harmon is yeah. the best way of saying it so that's why i put the h in there
0: yeah oh, cool so it's got multiple layers of meaning and it. it sounds like it's really really personal to
1: you it's it's very very personal because that the last party we threw for him actually yeah is where i had my mess up drinking mm and if you guys that's been through addictions or anything that's been through mental health issues or big depression issues, divorce issues, whatever, whatever labels you to catch that bottle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you get in your front of the family and you get the deer in the headlight look from your family, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get a family member mad at you for doing something stupid, it it kind of cleans you up. So it, it was a long work in progress, but there was one tipping point that kind of said... Him like that, so that was the last official party with all of our family members actually with my grandpa. So, Mm. and then he passed away. Uh, Let me see what's October, November, December passed away three months later. So,
0: were you close to him, or you just sort of saw what he
1: was going through and you're like, I don't want to? So, we were never, uh, I love you type of family. Yeah, grandma hugged all the time, my mom's a big hugger. All my aunt and uncles are, or all my aunts are huggers, Uh, Mm -hmm. but it was never, the more you dig into fixing your root and we're not going to go in that because you know (laughs) what I'm going with that. Yep. The further along you go dig deep, you realize that a lot of that cold shoulderness, a lot of the quietness actually hides a lot more. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do was learn as best as much about myself how to, and here's the key with guys, when you're drunk all the time and you're on meds all the time and you're you're in college trying to just chase your own personality or chase not being accepted or wh- whatever it is that's mm-hmm. causing that darkness, when you take that away, you have to physically start from scratch and rebuild your life back up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And for me, now it's, who am I? How do you go? Where do you go? How do I really learn everything sober? Yeah, That's the key. So- how we're talking right now, there's gonna be a point in times where I'm gonna be stuttering. There's gonna be a point in times where my brain misfires. And you're you're smiling how you say that because you've been around me for what, two years, give or take. Yeah. So more so in the last year that we've actually had conversations and, yeah. and talked. So for me, I'm I'm looking at how do I do simplistic? So like I break it down, okay, how do I live my life simple, clean? Yeah. And then gradually work your way back up. In that process, what I've learned is I have addicting personality, like hardcore mm. addicting personality. Yeah. So, Just whatever it is, you latch onto it with full force, basically. Yeah. And, and in the past, what tends to happen is I forgot the foundation first. Yeah. So, like, I would do tournament fishing growing up in high school. And I know we're kind of cycling how my story's here, but I did tournament fishing. At well, Christopher F- Nolan story t-
0: telling. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> it's like. We're jumping storylines and hopping through. Yeah, so guys, now we're currently
1: in the high school era. You're a big fisherman. Yeah. So I have tattoos of hunting and fishing, guys. I those I love doing it. The reason why I have 12-year, 14-year-old tattoos on my arms. Yeah, that add that up, guys. I'm 35 years old. Is I wanted to say if I'm sitting in an office complex running my own business, being a salesman, whatever it is, I yeah. wanted to say, okay, hey, I can roll my sleeves up. These are what make me happy. Obviously, there's more now, but... So back in the day, my, my parents worked in the paper mill industry. Mm-hmm. So if anyone that's from the valley, true valley, that didn't move in multiple generations, you understand paper mills was a huge part of the valley. It was essential to basically all business here. I mean, Kimberly and Clark is still one of the biggest companies in the area for international companies. Yeah, and and what when my sister was in high school, I was in high school. I think the transition was occurring when they're cleaning up the river, but... I think at the time, I think we counted there was like in the late 90s, what was there, like 30 paper mills, give or take. And now wow. there's what, two, three at most. And they still smell horrible. Yeah. So <laughs> I got raised up in a shift working family. Like my stepdad would always be on rotational yeah. shifts. My mom would be at a printing press company. But with my stepdad at that place, what what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of these guys would go fishing to get their escape. So they run away from their family just to kind of decompress. Mm-hmm. Well, with him in his circle of influence there, he had five guys that were at the local standard that were winning top 10 all the time in, in the walleye industry. One that was in in the national. Yeah. One was a national tour and pro, but if you break it down, we all got taught by one of, uh, two guys that are in the fishing hall of fame in Chilton. So like, Two of the guys that worked with my step, were from Chilton. Yeah. But if anyone that understands fishing in Chilton understands that there's a Parsons last name that started there, and then I went to Garrett, uh, Keith Cavias. Those two were brother in laws, and they're they're both in the Fishing Hall of Fame. So Dang, like, everyone, some history there for yeah, the fishing. So like, everyone kind of filtered from that. Mm-hmm. So it was a no brainer for me to jump in because I grew up. Watching Bassmaster on TNN, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the day, we had different stations. It would always be, you know, Bassmaster, build, dance, all that fun stuff, just overlap yeah. on the TV shows. And that was my first love of competition. Like, I played baseball, I played softball, whatever, or um, soccer, I didn't even care. But it was fishing that really brought out the competitiveness in you? Oh, man, airborne in the boats, just completely going on stage, (laughs) going into towns with, uh, yeah, I mean, I was on the road. So, I started at 13. I started kind of creeping up at 17. First championships at 17, 18, I hit the road. So, I went through high school. Yeah. I went through 16 tournaments. trip to canada and two championships at 18 years old nice dude yeah and uh second to team of the year because i think we lost out for the last tournament Uh, for
0: the for the people that don't really know the fishing industry or like what a fishing tournament looks like give them a quick lowdown of what what that would look
1: like all right so we have here locally the bigger ones you have about 150 200 boats you have about three flights that go outside about 6 o'clock. You'll have first flight, six thirty, seven o'clock, so they'll yeah. break them up. So you don't have three boats launching at yeah. once or 300 boats launching at once? So I, I had takeoffs. Now, since we've been stable, you know, like safety is a big thing now because everyone has bigger boats. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a line and you kind of go out one by one. But it, it's a mess, man. You got like 120 boats going out of the chute is what I call it. So like you go through the <laughs> yeah. gauntlet. You take off, you got boat wake everywhere. Right. So, like, you hit the waves wrong and you're airborne. Like, there's every year, not this year yet. Yeah. So, half the battle of
0: the fishing tournament is knowing how to drive a boat as well. Yes.
1: Every year I've been airborne. Every year, I could tell you exactly in Sturgeon Bay, what corner, where a boat dropped, where motors dropped, where finders dropped, where almost dropped. And, like, I've been... Pushed out in small craft advisories for media coverage in Michigan, just because they wanted media coverage. I've been in yeah. waves this size of this room here, and we got ten <laughs> foot waves or Fripes. ten foot walls. So if you guys want to yeah. know why I'm limping and understand why my back's messed up and why I'm lifting weights and doing yoga now, <laughs> take ten years of tournament fishing and just jam it in there. And, and what's that the vibe of those before launch? Because like I'm assuming everyone like to get to
0: the championship. <laughs> People have to be good, good, yeah, like to um, a degree that is beyond like it, it, what you just find in Oshkosh doing, like, hey, it's
1: a group walleye. Uh, fish that or that something. Mindset's pretty much the same because a lot of the guys here intertwine, okay. So, that's a, that's a key thing because I've done being in the Midwest and local areas, we're not even to college yet, but I'm moving to different locations, done fishing shows in many different yeah. sections. The one thing that I notice. Between the states, Minnesota's getting a lot better now because technology's getting up there and, mm-hmm. and the trails are more open. But Wisconsin in this core area between Green Bay and Appleton had such, and I'm going to say studs, like guys that were awesome yeah. at fishing. because Like killing it. Yeah, because in this circle from Green Bay to us, there's probably over $3 million worth of tournament winnings. Really? Wow. Three, $3 mil. yeah. Like one guy alone I know that won a mil. And there's another one up in Wausau that won a mill that's from Appleton that moved up to Wausau. Are those local tournaments that are giving away that? (laughs) Those were some of the championships that we are at, some of the bigger trails. It goes back like 20 plus years. So like all these guys have been touring together. And so a lot of these guys will go in the smaller ones down here Mm -hmm. and just get, it's a prep up. So like they're bored. They just jump in and they're like, all right, got, you know, they don't care at this level because there's, they care, but they don't. Because sponsorships, no media, no whatever. Right. So for them, it's more of, hey, you know, I'm rusty. Let's just get in, make sure the boat's working fine, my rods, yeah. everything, get back in the zone is what we're, in sports is what we call it. But yeah, no, like 2004, 2005, I was in championships. I actually got sick at school, coughed, <clears throat> and took four <laughs> days off for a tournament in won yeah. money. I didn't know this. I was on TV. <laughs> All of a sudden the kids came back. They're like, bro, you're on TV. I'm like excuse me
0: blur out my face
1: blur out my face (laughs) and i remember blatantly walking in and the sports director looked at me he looked at me he goes you're taking off for going fishing rg i'm like i'm sick he's like (laughs) bs he's like you're taking off because the tournament's in town i'm like maybe (laughs) (laughs) yes you caught me but it's still happening (laughs) yeah but like i would we would go into moline and i just remember these blatantly Moline would give us a police escort to the boat landing, Yeah, pick up the boats. Cops would watch the boat landing, turn around, give us a police escort back to the weigh-ins. You go in a Walmart parking lot to weigh in and you're like <laughs> rock stars because yeah. everyone comes in you know, and you have a t-shirt on. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God, he has a boat and a truck and whatever. And and, the, and I'm dead serious, dude, like flock to you. And we would go into like Bay City, Michigan and the same thing. You go into like a... Yeah ponderosa or whatever and all these waitresses see what you're pulling in so obviously they're gonna be a lot friendlier so yeah what was your biggest win? in oh uh, you remember i do not remember that one all i know is i'm probably at 130 tournaments right now oh that you've participated in that i've been man. through the door nice. man and I, I mean i'll do one in I'm officially retired is the best way. I'm going to air quote. If a family friend reaches out and says, hey, man, me and my brother are getting in it, and it's 50 bucks. Okay, yeah, I'll do it. It, (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, a little different than high stakes. I'm not having fun doing it Mm -hmm. and and chilling with the boys after. But I've been in $25 hotels where there's cracks in the toilet, in the shower, (laughs) where you can't lay on the bed. You have to be in your sleeping bag because obviously you're going to get something crawling on you. But what I notice is everything I'm in – even including going to college and and get my uh, agricultural degree, even in that industry, I would always have the outliers. So like, yeah. I wouldn't have the normal retail experience. It's like in agriculture, I would go hang around with the guys that would break national records. Yeah. So I would learn what they're
0: doing. And how do you break a national record for agriculture?
1: You there's it's <laughs> largest in, in, pumpkin. I've seen well, those competitions. Yeah, um, it's it these guys are. Rad like crazy rad, and I'm we're using the city term there, but what would it be the country term? They're crazy, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guys are dumping like five gallon buckets on the crops just to make sure it goes. But it, it's there's a national competition, it's called National Corn Growers or National Soybean Growers, yeah. and they have a yearly competition. Oh,
0: interesting! I didn't even know. Yeah. I
1: mean, anyone
0: you live in this world, you'll realize that anyone will turn anything into a competition and well, corn yeah. growing. There
1: so it when, is. When I Went to were Falls. At Manash I was a city boy, obviously, growing up. But I had friends I had, and I had relatives that were in the agriculture community. Yeah. So I always loved crawling in iron. And obviously, you guys know my backstory. You know I love speed, gasoline, and having fun, and now iron and diesel. So I yes. mean, it's just, you know, boys with toys. So I, I'm like, you know what? I want to own a business. At 18 years old, I yeah. tried, you know, mowing lawn, didn't do it. Tried fishing tackle, didn't do it. So, like, I was always doing something in my parents' basement. Yeah, we had my own little room of just creative stuff. Chad's tri-space. Yeah. yeah. In a tri-level house. Yeah.
2: Oh. Huh. Yeah.
1: So, it all works out. I would go into the room. I would crank up Van Halen, Pink Floyd, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. just go to town. But, like, at Menasha, is, Menasha is not known for agriculture students. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. So I was probably one of two in my whole 400 or 350 class yeah. that went in the egg. So I went to tech yeah. school, got my two-year degree, found out what it's like for city boys to jump in with the country boys right away. <laughs> and what was it like? Words I can't say on this podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that describes it enough. Yeah. So I had a teacher that called, actually dropped a bomb on the class and called them out saying, hey, this per and I remember this to this day, and I'm not going to word it how he exactly worded it. Yeah, because you're going to bleep half it out. <laughs> he said, "This kid's going to do a lot more things in his life than you guys will ever do because he has no resistance. He has no ears in his family, no voice in his head, whatever it is. Yeah. He's like he's coming in with a blank slate. He's going to grab whatever works and run." Oh boy, did I take that for granted through all my 20s. So transferred up to River Falls, whatever. Yeah. Drank a lot, drank a lot, and drank some more. Was that, I mean, was that what were you working
0: through at the time? Because if I or from what you've said, like you're doing what you love with fishing, you're pursuing a career that you have thought that
1: you would love to do when and things like that. When why why did you keep drinking? And so what? So I I started drinking at 13, hardcore, like normal mm-hmm. weekend thing. My first, and this is going to sound bad, my mom, but it, it, if you guys grew up in the Fox Valley, you understand it. Or Wisconsin in general. Yeah, it's Wisconsin vibes, so don't get too jumpy on this. It occurred, you know, we're past that. At two years old, I had my first drink because my mom did not want to give me water, so she came me a wine cooler at two, got me drunk. Um, yeah, I had my first beer at four, so. <laughs> yeah, so, like, everyday weekend stuff, we had a family friend that owned a campground, so I started drinking at 13, and then it rolled into college. Yeah. So, like, college... I was drinking two bottles of whiskey a week
2: Hmm.
1: on top of drinking beer, going out, hanging out, partying, whatever. So I was 205 pounds at my peak and I'm Mm. about 175 right now, but poofy alcohol face, poofy belly. I look like, you know, marshmallow man (laughs) from Ghostbusters. (laughs) But what it was, was the limelight. There was multiple things that occurred. I grew up in a paycheck to paycheck family. Yeah. So, I got very pissed off when I see kids just coasting that life because their parents were millionaires. Mm. So, like, I was hanging around with a lot of the farmers from Minnesota, which are multiple generations on their family farm. Mm-hmm. And I had a kid that was 19 years older and he making 50, 60 grand a year. Yeah. So, like, he would go all, I think he said that one week he dropped 100 grand. Cripes. In a truck, <laughs> in a, you know. Yeah. Just the, uh, you know, Whatever, just the stuff. normal stuff. Yeah. But that access to capital is different for each person. Yeah, so I was noticing the access to capital of these guys, they didn't care. So, like, I would go get student loans. Yeah. Not thinking now. and (laughs) What that equates to, having to pay later. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I would go buy, I think I bought eight guitars in, like, a year. (laughs) A lot of whiskey. (laughs) That would be normal for some people. (laughs) Yeah. But
0: when you're buying a tractor and going to school and everything else.
1: Yeah, so... My drinking was I couldn't do tournament fishings all the time because I was way in debt. Yeah. Even though I had a brand new boat, like every year I had a brand new boat because mm. I was on Lund's Pro Staff. I wasn't getting to the level that physically inside I wanted to get to. Yeah. So I was taking it out with the whiskey thing. And, fu- and the other one is I wasn't accepted, accepting acceptance. We'll, we'll go mm-hmm. on both sides of here. Even though I was friends with them, I wasn't accepting how they got raised up and vice versa. I wasn't accepting myself. Mm-hmm. To being completely different, and I might say completely different, like your own individual person. All right. Even though you're friends with them, you grew up in a different community. It's
0: you still didn't feel like you fit in necessarily. And
1: I was still fighting that aura of city versus country. Mm, yeah. Like I didn't really like. There's a continuous vibe, a continuous message of that until I was about thirty years old. Yeah. And the guys that don't know me personally i'm an amazing person to be around i can be a little rough at times but like the fighting skills of and not like physical fighting but like internal fighting yeah is like flawless fearless because i've been thrown to the waves and back and it, it's that no bs attitude so like i'll treat you fairly i'll be you know lovey-dovey whatever i need to do but i'm gonna fight like no tomorrow to get mm-hmm. to where i want to get even if it causes me to claim bankruptcy if you know if it goes that route you know, doing if, whatever it takes, yeah, doing whatever it takes to get up there, learn the foundation, whatever. So continuously in college. So I was like partying all the time. I phoned my wife at the time. Round one. hint. kind of just yeah. life went so fast that I left River Falls, went to Abbotsford for my first job. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> went to Mozanie, ran my own district for my seed company for a seed company I worked for. Actually built it up to a good first-year standard to what I wanted. Yeah. Rubbed with the wrong competition. Uh-oh. I, see, I just like to be instigator at times. And uh, You're a comedian. Of course you do. Yeah. So, like, I would go to their babies that were doing the competitions and poke the bear.
0: Ooh, Chad. <laughs> yeah.
1: And mama bear did not like me poking the bear. So, uh, one of the local agents got me fired. Hmm. Because I poked the bear, yeah. the best way of saying it. So that pulled me out of, <laughs> of north central Wisconsin. I still have, you know, friends to this day or whatever. But ended up getting hired back in Eau Claire. So we moved back to western mm-hmm. Wisconsin. My journey there was awesome. I had yeah. a phenomenal boss. I had a, a inner city guy from Racine was my boss. Big football player that used to play with Tony Romo. Oh, nice. Cool. And he taught me a lot about street. So like, he didn't have a college degree at the time,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: he was a store manager. So he's like... He goes, I know you can deal with people. I know you're in sales. He's like, but you and a few others can actually read. And and people that are in sales get it. Where are like, mm-hmm. we can just chit chat, whatever, and you feel. It's like a read. Like, you can read people coming in. And you know if it's going to be good or bad or whatever. And I've had that touch since I've been little. Yeah. And he goes, you're one of three. He goes, if I know there's a fraudulent customer coming in, he's like, I know you guys have enough sales built up to where you can take you can, you know, if they come in and they do it, like, ah, what's the best way to say it? You sell a phone, you load their card up, you send it out. And if they have a cash back or whatever, like they come back and you have to return it because mm-hmm. of fraudulent charges, you're still stable enough in your sales to oh make 11 yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So like me, and I'm not going to say their names, but there was three different people. Yeah. yeah. And so, we would watch it all the time. And the thing with Eau Claire, it's a beautiful area, but it's in between. So, like, the drugs would come up from Madison mm. and Minneapolis, and they would camp in Eau Claire. So, right
2: like, between. all the sex trafficking and yeah. drugs and
1: all that because it's out of cops' way, right. even though they're still there. So, during that time, though, obviously, I was trying to get married or whatever. So, I was fighting the perception of my wife's dad at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I wasn't quite married yet, but... He was a country boy or he was a farmer. In the country of town of eight hundred. And a very different mindset than Menasha. (laughs) Yeah. See, I grew up where I didn't care what my neighbors did. Yeah. Good or bad. It's just it is what it is in a city where you don't have enough time to do it. In the country, they care what your neighbors do and they care about their name. And right away when I was fighting with my issues in college, I watched him lose a hundred grand on the farm. Mm. And I just lost my lid because that's my one of my passions growing up where it's like I wanted to farm, I wanted to farm, I wanted a farm. So yeah. here I'm seeing a farm. And seeing it go down in flames, basically. Going down the drain. Yeah. And all of a sudden my emotion kicked in and I'm not going to say what I – just say it was not a good interaction. So I always fought that. Yeah. And he had the big perception of city boys don't know how to farm or blah, blah, blah. So Ugh. like me and him were just fighting back and forth and back and forth. And then you throw my student loans in there mm-hmm. and here we're trying to get married, whatever, save up money. And my addicting personality found out what stock commodity trading was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So all of a sudden, here I hey, let's try this trade and try to beat the system. Well, the system won, and mm-hmm. here I lost eight hundred, nine hundred dollars of my wedding fund. Yeah, in a trade.
0: But I yeah, know, like, obviously, fiance it, not too happy about that. I was sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. but that, yeah, so
0: you've you went back to Eclair. We were working. Were you working for your soon to be father in law then at that time? No, no, she
1: was she was from Madison. So I was working for Verizon Wireless. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you're away from corporate, it's a phenomenal company to work for. Like if you have a very <laughs> good support people where yeah. you're far away from Chicago, it's awesome. If you're near Chicago, get away. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's there's good people behind the scenes, but there's yeah. upper management that made sure that they were right. So like yeah. we were we were so far away in the district that you would only see them once a month, if not less. So, like, we would do our own thing and be our own company. But so I learned the sales of that. I learned, you know, retail sales, whatever it was. But Then you got into stocks and trading is what it sounds like. Yeah, and I've always been a side hustler from from day one. So, like, I was selling in Verizon. I was selling seed, so, like, corn seed, all that stuff to local guys. So I still had a relationship with local guys. All the farmers, yeah. Yeah. So I would work, go home, say hi to the wife, whatever, and just, you know, follow during the harvest, whatever it was. And during that time, we got married. Blah, blah blah blah. She wanted to have a baby. I said, "She, yeah, she." At the mm. time, she did. I a did one-sided. Not. It was yeah. a big one-sided thing. So, like two and a half, three of the four years we were married, mm-hmm. she was always on Clomid, getting surgeries and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I think she threw in like forty grand worth of in- infertility stuff. Oh, to try and yeah. Solve so stuff? Yeah, yeah, so all the guys that guys and girls that are in like I can give a whole speech on infertility, <laughs> and I. Yeah, because you went I, through part of it in, oh, your first, in the I marriage. I lived there. through the wife crying in the bed, the bathroom. Yeah. I lived through the buckets and buckets of fertility tests. I've it's, yeah. I've been there, done that. And uh, partially it was my fault. So, like, with the divorce and stuff, and we're at that moment now where I can say it, but I took ownership of what occurred of the divorce obviously there were some effects on both sides that caused the split divorces are messy and complicated no matter what (laughs) let's just say she's got her kids now good and i'm i'm healthy enough with what occurred that it 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 came like a train we'll just say it that way so like but yeah she came got prego whatever behind my back while i was married and out the door she went but Hmm. That's as far. That's a whole different topic for a whole different day. But yeah.
0: But through it through it all, there you've had some big events and emotional things that you know. How does one deal with that? What was
1: your and your method for dealing with it then? So three weeks after that occurred, I moved back home and I started drinking hard.
0: I can assume, yeah. If you, what else do you lean on?
1: Wouldn't do what you've known before that you've, you've done to d- deal with them hard emotional things. So yeah. it. I can laugh at this now at the time, my mindset, and this is when you're unhealthy mentally. Yeah. My mindset goes, I'm losing all this weight because of stress, and the only two ways I knew how to gain it back is pizza and beer. (laughs) Because you know if you eat pizza a lot, you're going to gain a lot of weight. If you drink beer a lot, you're going to gain a lot of weight. weight. I could not gain weight because I was still stressed out about the process all that stuff. There's a lot of positives about it because... I got pulled out of that situation. Mm -hmm. So like she was still in Eau I was over here. So I was healing on my own in a whole different location. But yeah, for like, so I'm a year, I'm 500 and I'm almost six months clean or a year and a half clean. Yeah. But up until like, uh, it was like two years after everything. I would slam six, eight silos, like the big cans of go to bed, wake back up, go to work. Repeat the process over again. Seven days a week. And then got sick of beer, tried to clean up, had the shakes for like a month and a half. Mm. Said, you know what? Screw it. I don't want beer, so let's go to vodka. Slam. (laughs) And at my peak with that, I was 90%. I I remember this blatantly. Me and a girl had a date down at her place. Yes, stuff occurred. We are PG here. But (laughs) I had a one, not the full 175. Mm. I had a one and. When I wo- when we woke up the next morning, I think I maybe had a half inch in there, mm. and she goes, "I had two drinks. How much do you have?" Enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So like
1: that was a normal occurrence where I would yeah. I would literally kill a half of those a night. Mm-hmm. So that's what twenty five dollars a night just in Tito's. Yeah. What changed then? There is alcoholism on my grandpa's side. Um, yeah. After. But he was the was he the inspiration for it? Or? He was the inspiration to put the wedge in there to stop it. Because what happened was he had Parkinson's disease for like 10 mm. years. But back in the early 90s, he had his brother pass away from cancer. Yeah. But what caused it was alcoholism. Got in his liver yeah. and ended up going in his colon, whatever it was. Oh. So it was a... It was a step-by-step thing that occurred. Mm-hmm. So he got very depressed off that. Yeah. And he just buried himself. And blatantly, I don't remember up to certain points because I seriously, guys, I have a space in my mind I do not remember because of certain reasons. Yeah. He would get depressed on that. So my grandma would be like, hey, I want to go to Hawaii. He'd be like, oh, no, I can't. Hey, I want to do this. Oh, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. So she just finally gave in and just let him do whatever. And throughout the years, like, he meant because of his depression, yeah, he mentally just drained her to nothing. And it's not like you guys, it's not like a vocal thing. It's just repeated patterns throughout the whole thing that right. eventually she's going to be like, yeah, or whatever, you know, and just kind of break down. And and when he passed away, all of a sudden the light bulb went off in me, like, because I cleaned up in November. Mm-hmm. He passed away in January. Come February, March, whatever it was, my grandma started acting cool again. <laughs> and it, it mm. sounds weird how I say it this way. Yep, She was just like I heard stories about her growing up but not seen it physically because I there well, was like, just a drain in her life yeah uh, so to like her all husband, of a sudden the weight was lifted yeah. and she's just this short five foot redheaded. like she's not redhead now but like firecracker that's yeah. gonna just tell it like it is and she just went to go to town or whatever and she was at a party at us and my stepdad wanted me to get a drink or whatever and, and I completely lost it. I'm like don't you you know like I tend to swear when I get pissed but all of a sudden, she Use turned to me. Words, yeah. Yeah. She turned to me. She goes, don't you ever touch alcohol again. Hmm. And I'm like, and it was my aunt and my mom next to me. Like, they both turned to her. I looked at her. I'm like, excuse me? She's like, don't you ever do it again. Okay, why? <laughs> well, the further you're in, you in, dig. She had yeah. alcoholism on her side, too. Yeah. So for me now, it's more of a journey to, I did it because I didn't know it was a family thing. Like, it was an everyday mm-hmm. occurrence. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is I didn't accept who I was. Yeah. So, like, I didn't know if I was different, whatever. So, I'm a rambunctious, hyperactive, funny-go-lucky at times can be laid back and not serious. Uh, yeah. And serious. I do have weaknesses. Like, I can't plan. <laughs> I can plan, but I can't plan. But, like... You're human, Chad. Yeah. You're human. I'm a human crazy man that enjoys life and enjoys a good worship. So, it's... Yeah. A, a lot of miles underneath these shoes. Yeah. A lot of miles, a lot of weird, crazy stuff, and not even get into like running away from grandpas growing up or whatever.
0: Like just, uh, stuff. I think we've covered a lot of a lot of good parts of your story. But like, let's let's wing it back around to the the CH brands. So you've had a lot of, you know, you've overcome depression, you've over you've overcome alcoholism, and been a year sober. And so like, you part of the CH Apparel or Ltd has been to uh, like inspire and encourage people, right? Yeah. So that they. Can
1: hopefully come out of those feeling accepted, those ruts. Yeah, yeah. feeling accepted with who they are and, mm-hmm. and moving on. CH Brands is a big umbrella. <laughs> so with that, we have we have the apparel, uh, we have the podcast, which seeds get degrees. Yeah, that is my full story of being that rebel in college. Mm-hmm. Kind of finding an extraordinary life going through a lot of trash. Like we were just talking, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say trash on that. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. I think
0: faith has been a big part of your, your journey too. And mine as well. And I I think it's okay to be like, call it trash and say, I was there, but look where I am now. Oh, I think that's what the greatest part of any story is saying. I was here. I may not be in the perfect place now, but look how further along I am
1: than I was back then. You know my journey well where I go every Sunday, besides down here now with yeah, a different location. Everyone will admit in that place that they're broken. Mm-hmm. Everyone, and even down here, like everyone will admit that they had a pass, and everyone will admit what His grace is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to preach here because we're going to, that's a preach for a whole different subject, but getting re-baptized again was probably one of my top things in my life yeah. Um, by one of the nicest, most genuine, coolest guy ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's honest about his story too. Oh
0: man, he is a rock star. Yeah. We'll just say it that way. So yeah, you've had a, being a part of an awesome a church family that has helped encourage you through all of it and be able to come alongside you and hey, we're broken too kind of a thing I think is, is awesome. And seeing.
1: I'm looking forward to seeing where CH Brands <laughs> goes in the future. Spe- uh, hitting the road, yeah. Podcasting, speaking. There's gonna be two books coming down the pipeline. Yeah, we just had a uh, texted about those a little <laughs> bit, so we won't put any spoilers in because I'm. Uh, you, it was the
0: literally the outline for it, so you're you're very early <laughs> in the process. Let, let's but say
1: it this way, <laughs> spoilers, guys. I am still single, but I have no time for a relationship, which means I'm pretty busy behind the scenes. Yeah,
0: you're going to be moving down here to Oshkosh soon and uh, from Green Bay, continuing to work that business and continuing to do podcasting, which let's uh, move into that now and we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome to the podcast, Fast Class. This is check-in number five, which means you should have just released episode number two sometime today which means you get a good old-fashioned air horn from your buddy Dave. I didn't have the patience to find an air horn, so you just get the budget Foley version. But anyways, you're on your way to entering the giveaway to win some free gear. I just made a video detailing how to officially sign up once you've released your three episodes. To watch it, go to theappletonpodcast.com. Link in the notes. Back to the show. All right, so Chad, let's talk about your podcast specifically, Seas Get Degrees. We heard a little bit of your story, and that's uh, all about, but let's talk about what that podcast
1: is as a whole. Why did you come up with the the name Seas Get Degrees? There's a story behind it. Okay. And the the two guys that were involved with my podcast are currently at the place that I'm at right now. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was (laughs) pre-titled... And what they wanted to do was they wanted me to record my funny stories from my past that yeah. involved a few things that you would tip your wrist with mm-hmm. um, and throw the throw the comedy in there. And yeah. uh, whatever, we did some things. But okay, so high school, I had a 3.0. Yeah. Because you didn't really have to try, dude. You just load your stuff with shop class in high school. and you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. in College, I was a 2.5, which is like a B, B plus. Yeah. The theory at college was C's got degrees. Just enough to get by kind of a Just enough to get by. I always side hustle in college, like my brain was always on how do I build business, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. So like, they're like, hey, read this book. I'd be like, I really don't care. <laughs> and it's not like, it's just like people that know me kind of get it. But I blatantly told teachers in every class, is this going to help my business life, my personal life or whatever? If it's not, just put me first, see, because I will go through it. Just clock, me then. clock me in. Clock yeah. me in. Clock me in. And and what it was is I went to school, I transferred in with 65 credits, and I remember this plain as day, drank too much, got kicked out, got back in. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting on a 0.08 my first semester and dug my way out of the hole. So like 2.0, 2.0, 2.0, 2.0, and you guys understand 2.0 clocks, it's all C's on your on your report card. <laughs> what I wanted to show everyone in, in the inspiration or listening to this, C's Get Degrees, is... Mm-hmm. I wanted them to have fun with their life. I wanted all the stories, all my guests. Uh, obviously, you guys understand it's a faith-based entrepreneurship. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of heavy entrepreneurs, some with faith, some with not, but it's it's faith-based. Yeah. But uh, as
0: you know said initially, it was just like, hey, Chad, share your stories. But now you've sort of transformed it, it
1: into... It grew into a, a big, positive animal. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say big, positive animal. It, the expectations, what I have now... I put in the work, man. So like mm-hmm. i probably recorded eighty, ninety episodes throughout, like voice on, voiceover summits, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. behind mic time, probably about 80, 85 episodes. Yeah, including whatever about else. an hour
0: ish each,
1: depending with your interviews and stuff. Like Give that. or take, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so what I wanted to show the journey was, I wanted someone to say, okay, hey, you grew up average grew up in an average family, but mm-hmm. you could still have an extraordinary life. So that's yeah. where the title of C's Get Degrees, going from average to extraordinary life. Yeah. Everyone that I noticed, even, and I'm a I'm an eavesdrop author, the book that kind of flipped the switch with that title was Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. And, and it wasn't Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but he wrote a book saying the C's, C students own the business, the A students work for the C students. Hmm. And all of a sudden, the light bulb went off. Yeah. I'm like, because they're rebel, and he- He had a whole book about it, but he's like, you guys are rebel enough to take risks, do whatever you need to do, go against the system, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So like we're, we're ingrained with the C's attitude. I'm even going to go out on a line here. Um, I know we're at the beginning stages where we're at recording right now in the studio, Yeah, the company that we're all under. I'm going out in line saying, give us three, four years with all the knowledge that's around here. Mm -hmm. Either A, we're going to be helping a lot of people in the community Yeah, or B, there's going to be a lot of businesses coming out of here. Yeah. Watch out. (laughs) Yeah. It's... I don't think we even all of us. You felt it when we walk, and I know right away. And I talk conversations with you about yeah. this. I'm like, nobody knows how powerful this is.
0: I mean, yeah, the power of community. Getting the right people together on, on the bus can make an amazing, an even better project than if you just try to do it by yourself. So there's a, there's an aspect of
1: don't try and do it by yourself. <laughs> no, no, hire people out or yeah. have someone better than you. But and in my with this podcast, and just like everyone in in this, I'm a word this sentence. How I'm going to the person that just wants to start it, mm-hmm. guys, just start it. Don't overanalyze. Just start it. Learn the system. Go through it. Whatever it is, yeah. your life. And you know, even the guy that owns this place will admit it too. He says the same thing. Like your life's going to change, like drastically. Even if it's not for funding, you're going to get experience in front of people. You're going to yep. get clients. Whatever it is, that. You're like, where did this come from? And, and to me, at the beginning, I got about 15 or 20 episodes in, and I think it occurred at like August or no, actually more December, December when I finally said, okay, this is no BS. I have to focus on this podcast. Yeah, And I went all in. That was the first level up. Mm-hmm. And the next level up is where I'm currently at right now. But once I committed to that and went through it, worldwide summits, author opportunities, people that publish people that are in the speaking industries speaking engagements yeah I can go through and I look at this as this podcast is a platform and I mm-hmm. I personally don't look at yes we all care about subscribers and sales and all that stuff that that's the key to the podcast if you change one person out of the whole fleet of people that are on your podcast yeah you're I'm done like yeah that's 100 percent good I don't like I care about my subscribers. I care about my listeners, guys. Trust me. <laughs> but what we learned in the process yeah. is it start you're not you don't care about the 99, you care about the one to help the 99. Yeah. And that's how I focused at this is this is a gift that was given to me that just dropped on my lap. And there's days I do get a little fun and you know rambunctious about it. Just a hair cocky at times, but <laughs> I don't look at this as the same confident and arrogance that I had when I was tournament fishing. Yeah, because to me, it's like I know this is GIF. I know this is going to help people. Right. I can't even poke the bear on this. Like it's too big to poke the bear. Right. The same hustle and persistence that you had before, but now the mindset has has changed. I never thought in my life that first of all, I would be doing what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Secondly, have all these people drop obviously I'm part of some Facebook networked with a lot of things, but yeah. like, having these amazing moments with customers, recordings, all this stuff dropped on my lap, mm-hmm. And especially there's one or two that are, you know, designed big multi-billion dollar companies. Like they just, here you go. And it goes so quick that you don't even have time to analyze it. Huh. And you're just like, all right, we'll roll with it. Let's go. But the power of your network of helping people. Yeah. It's just, I never, <laughs> and it's tough to even explain it. You get it. But going from this to this, to transforming this into now, I found my niche in the faith-based entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. mental health addiction avenue. Mm-hmm. With heavy faith-based stuff. Yes, they're swearing. Yes, guys, I'm still imperfect. But I never thought in my life I'd be tapping. That market. Ago. Well, first of all, I never thought in my life I'd be talking about him <laughs> until... <laughs> Until you and know yet, I got reborn. But here we are. <laughs> um I've been overly blessed. How many of you use the term overly? Abundance is the word. Is the is the the church word for it, but yeah. overly <laughs> overly blessed with amazing people in my life yeah. that I'm just pursuing and keep going with it. Uh it's probably gonna be the podcast is is my main driver and and in yeah. businesses it's actually opposite. So like you have a product and then your podcast is the product behind it. Yeah. I'm actually quite opposite, which is making me more fit for radio, voiceovers, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I didn't know I had a voice for this. And it may sound boring at times, but like it's pretty flat for like recording. So this is like a perfect radio voice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but you've interviewed a ton of people because you've tapped into the power of the internet. And what have been some of your favorite interviews that you've... I mean, Would you even call them interviews? Or would you, you gonna, call them I'm just call conversations? Stories. stories.
1: Mm-hmm. The one that blew my mind... Actually, I had multiple ones. Like, one I'm a co-host with for a coffee show, and me and you talked about it off, yeah. off the mic here. Me and her were always awesome. So, like, her podcasts are amazing. Like, she jumps on, we have fun because we, we're, mm-hmm. we put so much time together that we can have a blast. The one that just completely left me speechless for, like, 25 minutes and I couldn't even say a word was there was a girl in Vegas that went through a lot of, uh, I will just say she got raped a lot, mm. lived life very rough been on the streets i think it's like episode 46 i'm gonna leave her name off this one but sure. amazing story like yeah. i'm just sitting around the other end with the mic recording going i'm like how do i, I respond to i this? can't even respond to this yeah. and i at the end i'm like i have nothing she's like what i'm like i apologize i have nothing because what you just said i'm not even gonna push it like i had to stop it at that time and say okay hey let's just end it right now thanks for sharing yeah yeah and um <laughs> She ended up being number one bookseller on Amazon for like four weeks straight on like five different categories. Like it blew up. Yeah. And then the one I'm editing right now, and it's been like a two-week process just with time. (laughs) Outlining a book and doing everything else. Yeah. uh, She's giving me the good old-fashioned Texas old-school preach-on. Ooh. Okay. And uh, for all you guys that love a good (laughs) butt-whooping... (laughs) <laughs>
0: this is the episode for that the,
1: this is the episode of it and throughout it's like chat 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 so this is the one that the good old southern girl is gonna come out and uh deliver a good microphone butt whoop into me and uh I'm only about 10 minutes into it and yeah we'll finish it today <laughs> but double it's, convicted on the on the editing part <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah it's uh this one has to come out yeah. And I told her straight out, we're bypassing my rule because usually I'm about eight weeks ahead on releases. And I'm like, this one's coming out just because I want people to hear me get my butt kicked. Hmm. So that's one of my favorites. Awesome. My my cue is if it's not going well, 10 minutes. So you'll see some short episodes. And here's the trick behind the scenes, guys. Those are the ones that didn't really work out in an interview.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, and that's, I think... Making that call
1: on the back end is being like, hey, if it just needs to be 10 minutes, this is the best part. I look at it as my famous line in there is, hey, you provided all this value in 10 to 12 minutes. I'm just going to end it. I don't want to stretch this out. And let's make an amazing episode. Yeah. Which means I was positive on everything. Yeah. It's not working in an interview. <laughs> but we still made episodes. So. Yeah.
0: Don't, not wasting their time and your multitude of other things that work into that but so you've you've tapped into the world the internet for your interviews your conversations your storytelling yes. time yep. if someone wants to interview where where do people go to sort of get connected with online other people that want to be a guest on podcasts
1: yeah so worldwide level first of all i'm, I'm networked through the same group broker or whatever that. The word is that they use for one of the guys here. So I'm networked through that now. Um, So I did get one or two guests off that. Nice. Uh, The biggest one is find a guest, be a guest, collaboration podcast group.
0: That's on Facebook, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, Another one is guest connection, guest collaboration. I think those are like two or three groups. So I did two posts on the three topics that I talked about, and I think I had like 82 responses. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Because they have some like rules and stuff in there of like, hey, don't just say I'm interested. Give a reason for like what you're what you're looking for, what topics, what value you can bring to other people's podcasts, and what they could bring to you.
1: Yeah, and the biggest the biggest number one rule is you have to showcase them. Mm-hmm. And if as a business owner, I if I'm going on podcasts, I want to promote my business. That's, right. it is it's a fair thing to do. I mean, it's a free platform. If you don't get a call to action for something, then you're there trying to yeah. sell your business pretty much. So yeah, I'm on, I'm on three Facebook groups when it comes to that stuff. I'm obviously networked with you guys through the yeah. Appleton podcast co-op. Yes. Finally got it's it a right. mouthful.
0: I yeah. understand. Um, <laughs> ABC.
1: We'll call it that. <laughs> but it's yeah, just like the term every day you're hustling. Mm-hmm. You're always looking into groups. Um, I could still do better. I have six things or seven groups I want to be part of, but it, You only have a certain amount of time for things. So what I'll do is I'll go on Facebook. I'm intertwined with Calendy, So it's not Calendar Guys. It's Calendy. Great tool. C-A-L-E-N-D-Y. That's intertwined with my Gmail calendar. Mm -hmm. And send them a link and boom, boom, boom.
0: Yeah. So Calendy is a tool that you can use to automatically check your calendar. And then someone else can basically just sign up for uh, a time to record the podcast that fits with their schedule, but it already shows your entire calendar on there, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's it's, a, it's an awesome tool to really streamline scheduling.
1: Yeah, and with the lack of sleep I'm getting, I'm actually going to stretch that Wednesday or Tuesday night. <laughs> um, I will be part of a big pod, 25-person podcast mastermind class in Australia. Oh, sick. So I'm yeah. going to jump on and, and be part of that. I have no intention. Or honestly, I I don't want to say no intentions. I have no intention of what it's gonna be like. To be honest, you have no idea. No, no idea. expectations. Yeah. No expectations. The owner of the thing, we, we networked through a different thing, but it's just scheduled mm-hmm. schedule, or whatever. So like it took me six months to finally intertwine and say, okay, hey, I'm gonna do it. Plus here. So like I'm I live and bleed and breathe podcast. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking at, like I said, level up to the next level to the next level. You have to continuously be investing back in your podcast. Yeah. Um, I did not make a dime off my podcast. That's where the t-shirts and stuff came at. So guys, you're not going to get rich right away with this. I think the one that's making money is currently not here for right. personal reasons, but you go through levels. So like my first level is just getting custom to the, the foundation of it. The next level now, which I hit the last couple of weeks is okay. How do you tweak your voice? What's the timing of it? How do I need to update my mics? How do I do yeah. my backdrop sounding? Whatever. So like, Instead of going to ground level, you're going to the next level, to the next mm-hmm. level, to the next level. So the podcast and your knowledge grows with it. And you ran a really lean
0: show for the first 89 episodes or whatever, of uh, just like your Apple headphones and your laptop or a USB mic that you had before. And now you're like, OK, it's working for me, though. And I've, you've proved that as Aaron and the other guys, other entrepreneurs, the minimum valuable product and People are listening. I'm, I'm sure now, and so like I think you're I'm, willing to put more back
1: into it because you're seeing like people are actually engaging engaging with it. Yeah. yeah. So I I have a I used my original laptop. Now I have a Mac system, like a used. I bought a used one for like 200 bucks that mm-hmm. was updated, and then I bought a lap MacBook Pro, um, older one, just to do what we're doing now. So if like mm-hmm. if I'm gonna be in the studios and stuff. Um, you Need something that's convertible that's going to work, so like all my editing is done on Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the audio use? Audacity, nice, yeah. Um, I'm going to probably end up going in Adobe, my next one's going to be Adobe down the road, but I'm not doing video stuff yet, so it's just <laughs> no, even this, so like a fee to come here every month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I threw the kitchen table at it at my goals, my dreams, so like I'm not afraid to go bankrupt making all the Big window stuff works so, like, mm-hmm. the speaking, the writing, the books, the like, just the ball of fun is the mm-hmm. best way I'm going to say it. I'm not afraid to be below water with it either. That's just when you accept who you are and the message you have, you're willing to almost die for it.
2: Huh.
1: Yeah. So, that's that's the reason why I'm here. And I know the value of being around here mm-hmm. is 100% worth in the long run, something that a lot of people never can not say never can experience, but. The opportunity here to be around people with the knowledge and everything is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Right. So it's worth any price that you're paying. Right.
0: If you are all in on podcasts, this
1: is a great place to be because
0: you got a studio and you get studio time with your membership here at the Venture Project. So you <laughs> you can use this studio space, which thank you for letting me use your time for this show in
1: particular. But I mean you can single rent the studio out too. So I'm gonna drop it now, cause since we're gonna pre-record it. So if you guys want studio time, whatever, and you're down in fox valley go visit com. Mm -hmm. go to the top where it says rental or whatever the tab is studio drop down hit rent you're in here with us so yeah so they they have made it easy to
0: schedule some some times for you and people outside that are not not members of the venture project here so as we sort of wrap up here what would what advice would you give
1: to someone starting a podcast besides just just do it (laughs) <laughs> as simple as Nike's slogan is, it's actually pretty simple. I'm um, do not be afraid. And to be honest, the episodes that you're going to record that have the most value are going to have mess ups. Mm-hmm. Your mics aren't going to work. You're going to have guys in the background that's going to be trying to sand walls, dogs barking, <laughs> phones ringing, whatever it is. Just edit it out. Just gotta understand. Hey, I'm editing them. Kick it out.
0: Yeah. But yeah, and no, you can't like, get everything, but. Your story and the the conversation, I think,
1: the shines through. Yeah, the adversary is going to block whatever he needs to do to make sure that story doesn't hit the hit the fan, mm-hmm. and that's the best way of saying it. Because the amazing, my most amazing episodes, except for a few, oh, actually, yeah, had some sort of oops in it, mm-hmm. and that's just the magic of podcast, magic radio, whatever it is. That's the magic of improv. Mm-hmm. That's the emotion I want to grab. Yeah. So, guys. Don't overanalyze improv as much as you can improv. Yes, have a game plan, but improv (laughs) because the magic is in that conversation and you cannot overanalyze that. I'm just letting it happen. Just let it go.
0: Well, awesome. Is there anything else you want to say about you, about your story,
1: anything that you think we missed? Best way of saying it, stay tuned, guys, because this roller coaster is going to get wild, wet, heavy, crazy, loopy, whatever it is. there's going to be a lot of amazing things coming down the pipeline for me. A lot of moving parts, a yeah. lot, lot of moving parts. Um I do have focus, guys, so I, I can can control my world um in a good way. But by the time fall rolls around, you're going to be seeing some amazing things coming out of this. Awesome. Sounds like a fun roller coaster
0: and I can't wait to see what happens. Thanks you, so much for joining me, Chad. No problem. Thank you. Man, I love Chad's story. It's a touch crazy with a whole lot of hope chad's got a lot up his sleeve though right now so go check out his website at the chad m smith to learn all that he's up to you can also go follow and review the battle warrior podcast wherever you're listening right now i know there's a lot of C's to get degrees in there but it is now the battle warrior podcast so are you gonna take uncle chad's advice and just do it by it i mean start a podcast We got you covered, though. Head on over to AppletonPodcast.com for community support and resources to start your own podcast. If you do, you could win some free gear. But that time is running out as the giveaway does end on episode 20 of this first season. If you know anyone in Northeast Wisconsin who likes podcasts, share this show with them. And if you've made it this far, please rate and review this show on Podchaser. Or go rent a rowboat, take it out into the middle of Lake Butamore, and when motorboaters inevitably yell at you, yell your review right back at them. I'm David Kelso, your neighborly podcast nerd, and thanks for listening.